Welcome to the Black Heels and Tractor Wheels podcast, where we are sharing stories from a range of women from around New Zealand. For nearly a century, Rural Women New Zealand has been dedicated to strengthening and supporting women and children to become empowered members of their communities. We hope that by hearing these stories from inspiring women all around the country, you'll feel inspired yourself. We're your hosts, Emma Higgins and Claire Williamson, and we'd love for you to join and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our rural stories. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with my fellow colleague and all-round amazing star, Claire Williamson. Claire wears many hats, and we are going to delve into her journey from farm kid to entrepreneur, business owner, and ideas generator. I can't wait to share this with you. Uh, Everyone has been actually asking for her story from various, various parts of social media. So we are proud to present the fabulous Miss Claire Williamson. Well, hello, Claire. It is nice to be chatting with you and having you in the interview seat this time around. Yes, Emma. It's a little bit um, different to normal. I'm really excited to talk to you, as I always am. <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped to hear your story as well from beginning to end. Because actually, I don't think I know it. I know bits and pieces of it. And we always get carried away on different topics when we start chatting. So We do go off on different tangents <laughs> quite <Yeah>. often. <laughs> Exactly. So let's start at the beginning. Our favorite question. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and your experiences growing up, because I know that much like myself, you're a bit of a farm girl at heart. I am indeed. Yes. So I grew up on a small sheep and beef farm on the south side of the Kafir Harbour. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Waikato, that's uh, south of Raglan and west of Hamilton. It's about an hour and a half uh, west of Hamilton. So we were we're pretty pretty isolated. Um, we lived on quite a small sheep and beef farm. Um, my sister and I really enjoyed being farm kids. We built huts. We took our lambs and calves for walks on the farm. I had a few small entrepreneurial, I suppose, starts where I sold. I used to sew a lot, which actually has transferred into my adult life as well. But my first wee business was sewing up cushion covers for um, my friend's parents. (laughs) So that was my kind of first foray into business. But in terms of growing up on the farm, I think I just loved the freedom of it. The, the fact that we were always out in the yards helping mum and dad. A really good story is that my parents used to rear a lot of calves and it absolutely consumed us in the spring. And my mum obviously couldn't leave us at home. So we came to the shed with her and my sister was quite young still. So my dad rigged up an old car seat across a pulley in the shed so my sister used to sit in this car seat be all strapped in and everything and I used to pull her along back and forth and she used to have her snacks and my mum would be feeding calves so yeah it's (laughs) it's quite funny but I was a very knowing um, child I used to tell people matter of fact things all the time and another story is I was quite young about three we hadn't been long at the farm so my mum was still kind of learning the track farm tracks etc and she took me to try and meet dad and she got stuck on the four-wheeler and she turned around and she said to me look Claire it's okay I'm gonna call dad and um, we might just have to walk a little bit further and I said to her oh yes mum well you don't really have enough experience do you and she said I didn't even know where you got that word from (laughs) (laughs) 
Claire. How old were yeah. you, Claire, when you said Only that? Only like three, I think. Oh, Maybe harsh. Three and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so ruthless. And I love mm. that coming through. I wouldn't say like, you know, a knowing child or know-it-all or, or your reference there. I would say executive skills and yes, definitely yes. senior leadership material. I love it. <laughs> Yes, early stages leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's coming through now anyway. That's great. (laughs) So let's fast forward a little bit. You had obviously an awesome childhood and now obviously we are connecting at the rural woman board level and organization level. So can you just tell us a little bit between what happened um, post-childhood and how did you get to this place because I know in particular that you have started up a company along the way and you've also um, got into mortgage broking as well so let's kick off with V and B how did you get to starting off that great question so the roots of of Velma and Beverly actually come from a project that my mum did um, when she did catalogs about I think nearly 10 years ago so her project was on how to add value to wool beyond the farm gate and she did a lot of interviews with people in that sort of supply chain and I remember I helped her proofread a lot of the work that she did and I got really passionate as well about adding value to wool and I think it just got sort of it got put into this special little spot in my brain and, and ruminated on for quite a long time and then in about 2017 or 18 my sister and I were getting quite into sewing and I was trying to find I'd sort of I suppose by that stage had a little bit more money and I was like I'm gonna go and buy a wool coat and couldn't find one couldn't find one that wasn't black and that wasn't a hundred percent wool. Uh, sorry, that was a hundred percent wool. So I thought, oh, maybe I could like maybe just make one. So I contacted a firm in Auckland and somehow got them to send me a bunch of their offcuts. And from there, essentially, my sister and I bumbled our way through these difficult patterns and managed to cobble together a couple of samples they were in this lovely baby blue and bright orange uh, bright orange Kermit the Frog green colors so it was quite quite out there and I started getting comments and people asked me where I got my coat I said I made it and they were like oh my goodness so I think the real turning point for me and this is actually something that probably fits into some of the biggest challenges I've had and the fact that often really amazing things are are born out of challenge. In 2019, I snapped my Achilles suddenly on my birthday. And I, so therefore I had to go home and sort of didn't have much to do for a while. I couldn't really be a mortgage broker, couldn't go and see people. And so I took a couple of weeks off and that's when Valma and Beverly really got started because I had time to build the plan for it. I named it after my grandmothers, which Valma and Beverly, so my my mum's and my dad's mum. And that kind of fitted in with the fact that I wanted it to be real old school values. I wanted the product to be really special, to last for a long time and to be made out of New Zealand wool. And probably the big break came the following year in lockdown where I posted on the New Zealand Made Products page. Yeah, I got two and a half thousand views, so many shares. I was just 
overwhelmed and so grateful. And so there, that kind of gave us the confidence to buy new colours of wool. And now we have a about five, six colours available and yeah, lots and lots of really special coats out there in the community. So that's that's sort of the story of VMB. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And I just want to, just while we're talking about VMB, I just want to understand a little bit more from you around some of those challenges, particularly in those early days, because I recall you saying, actually, it was really hard to source the material, which is strange, right? Because we live in a country where there's so much wool being produced. Yet, I think from memory, you mentioned it was actually quite difficult to get the particular and product that you're looking for. So can you just elaborate on some of those early day challenges for some of our listeners out there? Absolutely. So I think the first thing I'll preface this with is how important it is to reach out to people who might be able to help. I think it's something we don't do enough. And I definitely... Um, benefited a lot from from doing that so yes it was quite hard to get the fabric that I wanted and uh, one of the biggest things is that our New Zealand wool is is largely sent offshore um, and created and made into fabric over in China and what that means is that it's not very nice when it comes back it's quite laced with chemicals and doesn't feel like like the wool that I've now got So because there's only one place essentially in the North Island that weaves wool and they were really busy, I kind of had to legitimise myself so that I could get them to take my orders on. And because I wanted a specific type of fabric, I wanted it to be a felt, I wanted it to be a certain weight and I wanted it to be really soft and buttery so that people would love the feel of it. Um, it took quite a while to get that and, and probably like six to eight months to get that all lined up. Now I probably could do it in a month because I know exactly what to ask for. But I think having people around me saying, hey, no, don't give up, do, you know, keep moving forward and, and just try a different way. So in the end, I because I didn't actually hear back from them initially, in the end, I just drove to Auckland and went to their office and asked to see someone in design. <laughs> um, so they initially sent me the samples, but beyond that, I found it quite hard to, to get it to move forward. So yeah, and, and they were amazing. Honestly, once I think they knew that I was I was really driven and I was going to move something forward, I I really I did I did get traded really awesome. So but I think the other part that was really challenging was when I launched, I had never actually sold a product like that before and I think there can be some real roadblocks in the sense of not really knowing where to start and I think it's really important to to keep things simple so a mistake that I think I made early on is I thought that I had to have heaps of different designs and heaps of different colors for people to buy my product you know I, I felt like I had to be Glassons or one of those standard shops that have a massive offering and and that's actually not what people need and I started with four styles and it was just overwhelming so in the end I actually pulled back to one style and two colors and people loved it they got their choice about their lining and and their color so it was very uncommon for two people to choose the same thing I don't actually think that's ever happened so every coat is unique and I actually think that having a little bit less choice has made things easier for people and then from there we've just built on 
what people want. So we've been able to develop styles based on what people have asked for. And I think that's a really big thing that I wish I hadn't done at the start is to try and go too big too soon. Just keep it simple, keep your focus and sell that. I love it. There's some such cool messages in there around not giving up, making sure you've got the right people around you, using the contacts that you've got and just keeping it simple. That's really, really neat. This is, Velma and Beverly is obviously something that you're doing while you're doing your day job as well. So what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis outside of B&B and Rural Women? My day job is as a mortgage advisor. So I got into that about six years ago now and that was a a bit of an interesting journey as well at university I actually studied sport and leisure in English and French because I thought I was going to be a teacher and I graduated and thought actually no I'm going to go and manage a squash and tennis club so here in Cambridge there's an amazing club I did that for two years and during that time the guy who was the president um, said to me what's your next move he was quite a planner and, um, and I said, oh, I don't know, into some other customer service type role. And he said, oh, have you ever thought about being a mortgage broker? And I said, never. That sounds terrible. <laughs> and bear in mind, this was his business. So <laughs> he, and he said, oh, no, I think you'd really enjoy it. I think your skills would be really, really well suited to it. And, and I think, yeah, that you should give it a go. So, so come and work for me, basically. And I said, oh, okay, why not? And I started in 2015 and in the first six months, I realized that it wasn't about numbers at all. And it was just about solving problems for people and being really positive and finding a really awesome solution to everybody's home loan needs, essentially. So five and a half years later, I'm, I'm still here and I'm now a director and shareholder of the business. We've got 10 employees. So at that stage, it was just him and I and someone who supported us with processing loan applications. And now we've got a really, really robust business. So I think probably for me, the lessons in that is is don't turn down an opportunity, even if it doesn't look like you think it should. And another thing that Richard Branson said, if someone offers you an opportunity, take it and learn how to do it later. (laughs) Wise words from the godfather himself. And I love that you started out um, thinking that you'd be a teacher and you focused on all these amazing subjects at at school and at university, going from squash manager to now where you are. I think that's a really neat story there. I think the biggest question that I have, and and I know that we've discussed this as well from our interviewees that we've done, is really understanding who the champions are out there for helping to propel our women forward in their careers. And it sounds like you've had a couple of them, but I'm just wondering from your perspective, who has really helped you achieving that next level, that next success, um, that foot through that door? Who would you like to shout out to? There are so many people. I, I feel like this question is really difficult to answer because of that. My first, the first people I would, I would say thank you to are my parents because they really instilled in us a real hard work ethic and also just demonstrated that every day working on the farm and took some risks and made some hard calls to give us a real opportunity actually to have an education and we went to boarding school at Sacred Heart in Hamilton and I've met some some girls there who have now been friends for 
15 years, which is, which is pretty incredible. So I think firstly, shout out to them. I think I get my work ethic and my drive from them. My mum, especially, has in in later years um, done courses with AgriWomen's Development Trust and is now on boards. And I think that that kind of journey for her has shown me that I can have that journey too. One conversation I had uh, about five years ago, someone who was involved in the squash club actually and is, was in a higher role in Fonterra, she said to me, it's never too early to start governance and leadership please if you're interested in it start early and I think that's what's inspired me to over the last five years as well to actually keep that moving forward and I think that's probably why I am here where I am now with for a woman another amazing role model and mentor that I've had is actually my current business partner Adam so he was the one who brought me into the mortgage business and he's always been really supportive I think maybe believed in me before I knew knew what I was doing and before I believed in myself so it's a pretty big skill to be able to pull that up and and people and also just ensure that they've got the tools to succeed. So I'm really grateful to him for all of the work that he's put in over the years. More recently had an amazing group that I'm involved in, a business development group. And it's really unique because we all actually really care about each other's businesses. And it's not sort of a, a surface level connection. It's it's we meet fortnightly and we go quite deep not only in business but in life and I've been grateful to those those men all three of them all over 40 and very different to me who've really supported me in driving my two businesses forward and um, and also being involved with rural women as well so really grateful for that there are so many other people (laughs) but um it would take me all day so I think at this stage, those are the ones that come to mind in my journey, is especially professionally. That's awesome. And it's so nice to hear that you've had a variety of people who have given you a hand up or perhaps suggested some options for you or just basically being cheerleaders. And that's, that's really neat to hear. I guess the big question I have is how do you take time out for yourself? Because I know that you are such a busy woman. You just articulated all these different things, amazing things that you're involved in. How do you look after yourself? Emma, this is a challenge. If anyone knows how to do this well, please tell me how. I try every day to look at all of what I have around me and be grateful for those things. And I now have a wee list of the things that I know bring me joy. I've become a lot more self-aware in the last two years of what things are giving me energy and what things drain energy. And largely what a lot of them, a lot of those things are, are things outside being able to to walk in nature, being able to go for a run, look at the hills. I think one of my favourite things is seeing sheep and lambs on the hills at sunset. Probably one of my favourite things. I've got it all around me at my home here just outside of Cambridge. And the other thing I've grown over the last few years is a little mini farm where I go and hang out with my animals and feed them. And I think it just gives you a bit of a sense of purpose outside. I think I remember Julia Jones saying the same thing. We were quite similar in, in that respect. The other things is actually just taking some time out, turning your phone onto Do Not Disturb and just ignoring it for a while, um, at least half a day, even a day in the weekend if possible. I sometimes will just go out into the garden and just leave my phone behind. And I think that's really important to disconnect 
the other thing I love playing squash and exercising and I think hitting that little black ball against the wall is a is a big stress reliever for me so there have been a few challenges with being injured lately but it's definitely something that I want to keep doing in the future so largely it's exercise being grateful yeah hanging out with my animals I think I think being grateful is the key to a totally different mindset and just thinking of I, I don't know three or four things to be grateful for you know, the gratitude diary I think a lot of people are doing these days and um, it's a great way of just flicking that mindset from um, I guess a <clears throat> issues focus to one of maybe not so much solution solutions focus but certainly just happy to be here happy to be amongst it which is really cool totally I have a beautiful friend actually that introduced me to gratitude she had some real mental health challenges and to get out of of that sort of deep dark place that she was in she she used gratitude and she actually gave away I don't know hundreds of journals to her friends and family and networks to encourage them to have that gratitude in their lives as well so I've got a I've got a journal that I use and I don't write in it every day because I'm not perfect and I forget (laughs) But I now have a little talisman on my coffee machine because I'm not going to miss my coffee every day. So I look at my (laughs) talisman and I go, that's your cue to be grateful, please. And sometimes I write it down, which is more powerful. Research shows it's more powerful. But other times I just say out loud or I think in my mind about the things I'm grateful for. And it makes so much difference. The other, yeah. the other really cool thing that I that I do that's helpful is breathing, which sounds simple, but it actually, if you're in an anxious, stressed state where you're worried about a bunch of things, which happens a lot for us in this day-to-day life, if you just breathe for 30 seconds to a minute, just and just focus on that, it actually brings back your the other side of your brain and, and takes it out of that fight or flight mode so that's actually something that I use every now and then sort of recent discovery I'm not a scientist but um but it's it's been really awesome for me and yeah I actually vouch for both of those techniques actually um so little known fact is that I get quite anxious and it happens to kick in in the evenings just before bed often on a Sunday some people call it the Sunday scaries and what I tend to find is if I start thinking about first of all the you know things to be grateful for and then if it you know like anxiety is real deep for whatever particular reason then I also focus on the breathing side of things too so it's definitely some validity there in what you're saying hey I want to know going forward what does the next 12 months look like for you Claire because you have <laughs> you're just this amazing person you've got such a positive attitude to things you are you're spitting out ideas all the time every time we chat there's something new going on in the background you're hatching some plot or some plan <laughs> what's going to be next for the next 12 months for you at this point in oh, time like? goodness Emma you're going to make me emotional the next 12 months for me I think is going to be about focus it's going to be about making the time for the people and the things that matter. And I think I also, I I want to keep amplifying my 
my my positive energy in this rural space especially i've i've recently i've got such a rural heart and the 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 big things that i really care about and the the things that make me super passionate are, are often in that space so i think i owe it to myself to be starting to share more of not just my knowledge but my thoughts and feelings about people and in, in issues within in that space so that's definitely something you can expect to see from me especially on social media it's a bit of a scary concept for me but but that's sort of where I'm keen to go uh, next year I'm, I'm actually having a bit of time off over Christmas and New Year I've I've not really had that before so that's probably going to be a little bit of a breeding ground for some of these um crazy ideas that you mentioned I completely agree with you and actually just working out which ones are the most important and which ones I can actually move forward and then next year I think our our mortgage business has been in a bit of a growth phase we've got some incredible new people on board and I've spent a lot of time this year training them and supporting them to to get set up in our business so I'm really looking forward to seeing them fly next year and being able to also focus a little bit more on the the more strategic parts of the business and and just sort of how we're giving back to our community um that that actually flows over into Yama and Beverly as well I've got a few little ideas in the pipeline for supporting other women into businesses and empowering them so really excited about that and we've just got yeah so many opportunities around us and it's it's I think focus is, is really going to be the key for success next year for me. I love it. Watch out, world. Here comes Claire Williamson. Uh, you've got some amazing things in the pipeline. I absolutely can't wait to see what comes out of it. We are going to be right here behind you, cheering you on. Thank you for your story. It's awesome. I love talking with you, and I am sure that all of our listeners out there are going to enjoy this just as much. So thank you so much. Rural Women New Zealand is a community of like-minded women who are doing amazing things in their respective regions and communities. This podcast celebrates the achievements, successes and stories of our rural women, which are also the foundations for our organisation's rich history. We want you to be part of our future story. So please join us by clicking on the link in the show notes and we look forward to welcoming you into the fold.